Welcome to the Pro Photographer Journey Podcast, your resource for building the photography business of your dreams. This is Shamira Young, bringing you tips, business strategies, and interviews with award-winning photographers. We're all in this together. Let's get to the good stuff. Hey, everybody. I'm here with Amanda from Amanda Ellen Studios, a photography portrait business. Now, for today's episode, we have something a little different planned for you because you're going to get to listen to a coaching session about how to prep for your first wedding. Now, just to set the stage, Amanda, who is a longtime friend of mine, I love her, she had been asked um, to uh, be the photographer at her first wedding. And so she basically messaged me asking for advice on how to go about that. And, you know, I responded back and basically wrote a novel, <laughs> a book on the steps that I recommended she take beforehand. The thing is, I always end up writing what feels like a novel on this subject whenever a photographer reaches out to me about this subject. So I feel kind of strongly about this because I used to do weddings. Now, just to be clear, and I've mentioned this on the podcast before, I currently do not do weddings anymore, but I used to a handful of years back. And I do consider them one of the biggest photography gigs, but often the most underestimated by first-timers, by first-time photographers. It actually takes a lot of preparation, even if the wedding is small. You have to be ready. So, and by the way, if you're listening and you're not a professional wedding photographer, so let's say you just do it as a hobby or on the side, this is still a good episode for you to listen to if there's a chance that a family or friend might ask you to shoot their wedding. So feel free to pick and choose the advice that you like. And with all of that said, Amanda, welcome to the show. And thank you for being willing to let me record our chat. Thank you so much for having me, Sham. I really appreciate it. Oh, that's cool. Oh, I just got excited. Okay, so for our listeners, Sham is my nickname here in Michigan. I think that is the first time I've ever had anyone call me Sham on the show. <laughs> <laughs> That tells you how long we've known each other. Right, right. If any of the <laughs> listeners, I don't know, ever end up in Michigan and meet my friends or family here, I am often referred to as Sham. Just for the record, <laughs> I have a big smile from ear to ear right now. <laughs> That's so, too funny. I did not know that. Yeah, yeah. I've got multiple personalities, apparently. Not on purpose. <laughs> just going to happen. Right. Amanda, could you give us just a little bit of, of the backstory on how you got asked to do this wedding? Yeah, so this was actually a, a friend of mine, a longtime friend of mine, who I had done her engagement pictures. So at her engagement shoot, after we were all said and done, she just happened to um, start talking to me about, you know, wedding photographers, if I knew anybody, and yada, yada, yada. And she said, you know, would you be willing to shoot our wedding? And I said, well, I've, I've never done it before. Um, and so I, I wasn't sure. And she was like, well, I'd be okay with being your first. And I'm like, well, let me do some research first mm -hmm. and I will give you an answer. And that is when I reached out to you. Perfect. And I have to say that for a lot of photographers, they'll find that when a couple asks them to do their engagement photos, if that session goes well, it is a natural progression for that couple to ask you to shoot their wedding. So, right. and it's, it's, it's a wonderful workflow. I'm glad that you did say, let me do some research, that you asked to do some research, because I have seen photographers kind of say, yeah, sure, and uh, <laughs> show up the day of the wedding. I've been there firsthand where, like I said, I don't shoot weddings anymore, but I can spot what the photographer is going through. I was at a recent wedding. Um, he was not prepared, and we'll get into the details, um, but he didn't have the right lenses we'll talk about 
specific right. some specific lenses um he didn't have enough memory cards like it was he didn't know where he was supposed to be like a oh, wedding boy. is an event and things happen often well and quickly. it's the it's one of the most important days of their lives you right. know you don't that's and all that pressure falls on you because after the day is said and done all they have left is those pictures absolutely and it that's that's the story that they're going to be able to tell people and that's the story that they're going to have to show is your pictures absolutely. and that's a lot of pressure it is and you hit on a great point amanda and it's actually my first point is that their story is the centerpiece of your work right and you can't just show up the day of the wedding um happen to have your camera and take some photos so for my first piece of advice get to know the couple their story will be the highlight of their day and the photos that you take that day so in this case it sounds like you're already familiar with the couple which is great right and for anyone listening who is not so familiar with the couple or i would say even if the couple if they're your friends even if you do feel you know them still sit down with them in a consultation call it a wedding photography consultation or whatever you want to call it but months and months and months before the wedding I used to do this six months before the wedding and then check back in like three months before the wedding but you want to sit down with the couple in a coffee shop in their house is always really cool um or their apartment depends on their situation if they're living together or not but ask how they met find out what drives their relationship and the love in their relationship and this will help you number one get to know them but like I said it'll affect the photos that you take that day just knowing that emotional story makes all the difference in the world and by the way Amanda if you have any questions while I'm going through these feel free to ask questions or interject or anything thank you so much I am fast writing taking notes over here (laughs) (laughs) I can send you my notes by the way I have a whole long list here I can send those to you sounds like a plan I'll take those too perfect perfect and for our listeners these notes will also be included um, in the show notes that go with this page so if you go to profotographerjourney.com and find this episode the blog post will have all of these notes too so while we're on the subject of you meeting with the couple in this meeting with the couple so for the sake of this example let's say you're meeting with them in their let's say house or apartment their living space this now this meeting it can be 45 minutes it can be an hour over a cup of coffee um make it fun make it laid back um you're bonding with that couple essentially now there are a number of things that you should go over so number one get to know them and their backstory of how they met and what drives them as a couple while you're there make sure and give them an overview of your process because that lets them know that you take yourself seriously that you're not just going to show up and take some photos at the wedding but that you view this as a business and there is a process that needs to happen now as far as an overview of your process make sure they know when the deposit is due now it's your determination of how much you want that deposit to be um I'm trying to think back to my wedding days and again I don't do weddings anymore but when I did I collected I think it was a 25 or 50 percent deposit like six months in advance just so they know that that I'm serious and that they should take this seriously too now if you're doing this for free then that's a different different topic Um, and there's a hot debate out there on if you should do your first wedding for free or for not I've had photographers on the show who did their first wedding for free just to build their portfolio 
and that turned out well. I've had others who started charging, obviously not as if they were super experienced, but they charged something. So and we'll get a little more into pricing later, although that is a very loaded topic and it can vary on the photographer, as well as if they have an assistant shooting with them, what state you live in. Um, for our listeners benefit, Amanda and I both live in Michigan. That's very different from New York or New Jersey or California. So it does vary. Um, but back to giving them an overview of your process, let them know when a deposit is due, let them know how soon you'll turn around their finished photos after the wedding is a biggie. I've talked to plenty of people who they have a nightmare story of a photographer who shot their wedding and they didn't get their images to like six months later, which is ridiculous. That is crazy. Um, as far as an ideal turnaround time, I can't speak exactly to that. I know when I was shooting weddings, I think I aimed for like two weeks. I tried to keep it really, really fast. That's super important. Also, a contract. While you're sitting down in this meeting, talk to them about a contract, a signed piece of paper. Um, you should absolutely have something. Now, when I say a signed piece of paper, it can be a physical piece of paper outlining your terms and conditions. There are templates out there. You could even use um, a service like Sprout Studio, which they're not a sponsor of the show, but I use them personally and may they make the contract signing process super easy. It's an electronic contract. It takes all of like five minutes to sign, no paper involved, but the couple needs to understand again that this is a business. So that contract should lay out what they're going to get from you um, that day, including how many hours of coverage. So in this meeting with the couple, you're going to find out roughly how many hours they need you that day. If it's, if it's four hours, then that's one thing. Is it, if it's six hours, eight hours, you know, it varies. So they need to know when you're going to show up, how long you're going to be there and when you're going to leave. Super important. Any questions? No, no, I think that's a lot of great information that you're giving right now. Um, it's definitely something that, uh, I know that a lot of couples underestimate how much time that they need a photographer. And so having that meeting with them really can kind of give you the opportunity to tell them, like, I understand you only think you need four or five hours, but according to your wedding schedule, you actually need, you know, six to eight, depending on the pictures that you want. Exactly, exactly. And it kind of gives them a kick in in the pants to keep things on schedule. I have been to weddings where... (laughs) won't mention any names but they hired a photographer for a very tight amount of time like two hours or maybe it was three hours but anyway the wedding started an hour late and the the photographer was there couldn't take any photos and so by the time the wedding started and finished the photographer's time was up as we were getting to the reception and it's like you, that's the thing about weddings it's a one time event but things can happen off schedule and unexpected things happen all the time but this and is and they of never go as planned no they never do they never like right. like I said even the small ones so I mean in the contract you could have a clause say let's say they get you for six hours and then an additional fee per hour if it goes over that just to cover yourself you have to be upfront about everything 
Um, and by the way, for those listeners who are considering doing their first wedding for free, that's fine. We're not going to get into the, the debate on if you should do it for free or for not or not. I recommend charging something. Um, I know for my first wedding, I charged something and it wasn't much. It was like 500 bucks. It wasn't a whole lot, but it was something. Um, but for those considering doing it for free, I still recommend you have a contract laying out everything. Go through the process as if you were charging. Take this seriously. Sit down with the couple, meet with them. And in that contract, reflect a discount of 100% while still showing what you would normally charge. They need to see a number associated with your professional services. And also it has the double benefit of if they refer you to someone else, a friend to shoot their wedding, it reduces the likelihood of saying, hey, this photographer is going to do it for free. You don't want to be known as the free photographer. They, they need to see a number. So on your contract, you could reflect, let's say your, your normal wedding cost, say is $1,000. Even if you've never done it before, you're providing a professional service. You need to assign a dollar value to that, but then show a 100% discount. Have them sign it. You know, like they need to take you seriously. That's super important. And also while you're in this meeting, let's move on to the checklist of shots, a shot checklist. So you need to have a detailed checklist of shots. This is your best friend. This is something that I did at one of my first wedding. And I learned it from another photographer who recommended he even had a checklist that he let me use. And it had the standard photos Bride getting ready, groom getting ready, wedding dress hanging in the window. Like it's very helpful to not have to reinvent the wheel. Um, photos of on the list there were the bride walking down the aisle, obviously, the bridal party. Um, the family photos are super important, by the way. So obviously, mothers, fathers, grandmothers. The thing is, a lot of couples may say, oh, just take photos of whatever. No, like show them the list. The list is a good starting point. I think a lot of people find it scary to try to think up photos, the shot list from scratch. Um, But just write down the most common in your own time, write down a list of suggested photos and then take it to the couple when you meet with them and show them. And that'll help spur ideas on the photos that they actually want. Like, oh, now that I think about it, grandma's coming in from Texas and we really need a photo of her with the bride. You know, like... Because even if people say they're not picky about the photos that they want, they are. They just don't realize it until after the wedding when that opportunity is gone, which is the worst feeling in the world. Right. So, oh, what else? Um, while you're in that meeting, if you're in their home, while you're going over this checklist of shots, start building up excitement for specific photos that they want to hang on their walls. Start scouting out empty spaces. I've brought like, um, I'm really blanking out on a ruler, but the thing that rolls out. Wow. My husband would shake his tape measure. Tape measure. You see how, (laughs) you see how handy I am. Wow. I have brought a tape measure and measured how much space they have on their walls. The thing is, if you build excitement about big, you know, canvas wall hangings, that increases the likelihood of them purchasing that after the wedding. It feels more like a natural thing as opposed to you trying to be all salesy on them. Even just, I mean, you don't have to bring the tape measure. It depends on your relationship with the couple, but ask them, are there specific photos that you'd like taken of you and the groom? And have you thought about where you'd like to hang those in your house? 
And obviously, a wall hanging is going to be an additional cost. But if it's something that they really want, their satisfaction level is going to be through the roof when they get that. Like they have something physical to look at and remind them of their wedding day, as opposed to just a zillion digital files. Does that make sense? Right. That is a great suggestion. I love it. Awesome. Awesome. Okay. So another thing, um, you'll want to find out where that wedding is going to be, obviously. Like the address and then show up there. Get familiar with the location, with the lighting in that location. I love visiting beforehand. Like I will call the venue, introduce myself as the professional photographer that's going to be shooting the couple on this date. And if I can come check it out. You show up, bring business cards, get to know the staff. If there's staff there, you want to be their friend and their ally. Um, Leave your card behind, be friendly, take a few photos of the venue just to get familiar with it because that will affect the equipment that you bring that day. You don't want to show up the day of and be surprised that, you know, the church is so dark and what are you going to do? So get very familiar with the location and the lighting. By the way, um, sidebar, if you get, make sure you get good photos of the venue on the wedding day and then send those back to the venue with your watermark on it and say, Hey, I took some photos. You can use this on social media, your website, Google uh, review stuff or how they have photos when you like Google someone and they are much more likely. You can even ask for it. Um, ask them to recommend you to future, um, grooms and brides who are looking for a wedding photographer. It's a great way to get more business. They become your marketing partner and you don't have to pay them a cent. That is an awesome suggestion. Yeah. And by the way, this applies not just for the venue, but for the caterer as well. When you're meeting with the bride and groom to be, feel free to ask them information on who the catering is or who the caterers are and who's doing the flowers. I didn't go this far, um, but I do know wedding photographers who reach out to the flower people and the caterers and introduce themselves and say, hey, I can take some professional photos of your flower arrangements and your food and send it back to you. And they can become your best friends and refer bride and grooms back to you that they know. So it's like you all have the same type of client, but you're not competing with each other. It's really, really cool. Right. And this is all preparation. Most of this that we're talking about is preparation for before the wedding. Um, Pre-wedding prep. Pre-wedding prep. It's a lot, right? And it's like a lot of people doing it for the first time don't necessarily think about this. Another thing, consider having an assistant with you, which I think you mentioned that was kind of up in the air with you, but you do have an option for an assistant if you need one. I do shoot with my sister and she comes to just about every shoot with me as my assistant and she is learning alongside me and she is starting to uh, shoot herself and kind of be my second photographer. She was originally my lighting girl and now as she's learning more and more, I'm starting to let her kind of have a camera as well and start to become my second photographer in hopes that we can start doing weddings and things like that together in big events that is so perfect amanda it is it's amazing it is so perfect and it's it's very nice doing it with your sister because there's a lot of things that i can say without saying to her you know and we can kind of talk without talking and we (laughs) kind of vibe because we know each other that well 
So that's perfect. It works. It works perfect. It's a lot wonderful. of photographers have to build up that type of relationship with their assistant. And, right. And yeah, I, you know, if you, if you decide to take on this wedding, I would recommend you bringing your sister as your assistant. Yes. If you do, I mean, I don't know what kind of payment arrangement that you have with her, but I always charged for an additional, for a second shooter, for additional coverage. Um, I charge the couple. And so, and that's why pricing is so difficult to determine because if you bring an assistant, that's going to make the cost higher. If you don't bring an assistant, can lower the cost, all those variables. But having an assistant is invaluable even before the wedding when the bride and groom are getting ready in separate locations you can send your assistant over to let's say the groom and you cover the bride and it works out perfectly during the ceremony you two can be set up in different locations and get multiple points of coverage the very first wedding i did i woke up with the flu that morning and oh, you've told me this story. It was oh. it was like a full blown case. Like we had signed the contract six months ago. I had met with the couple, had coffee, got excited. Somehow we were all in tears at one point. Like it was super emotional oh. and exciting. And the morning I wake up with the flu of their wedding, I'm devastated. But there is no saying, hey, I'm just not gonna show up. So. I showed up. I took a bunch of dates. Hey, quote. can we uh, reschedule the wedding? Right. Really quick? Like, there's no big no, deal, right? <laughs> it's crazy. People flying in from around the country. Like, you can't ask, you know, for them right. to reschedule. So, thank God I had an assistant. And between the two of us, we knocked it out of the park. Like, no one knew anything was wrong. By the end of the night, I was a mess, you know. But I, I kept it together until I got back home. So, I kept it professional. It. But the assistant was invaluable for getting all of the shots that we needed for moving lights. I mean, it was it was the greatest. I could not have pulled it off without an assistant for that particular wedding. So do not underestimate a second shooter. It truly is an invaluable thing. I I get so heartbroken when she can't come to shoots with me. I'm mm-hmm. like, no, but I need your help. Who's going to hold my diffuser? <laughs> right? <laughs> Yeah, yeah. And, you know, even speaking of equipment, so I kind of touched on this a bit um, to make sure you visit the venue beforehand. Make sure you bring the right equipment. Um, From my long list of horror stories watching other photographers, I was at a wedding and the photographer who got wind I was a photographer, even though I was trying to moonlight as a normal person, as a guest that day. When they found out I was a photographer, they were like, oh, they wanted to unload their woes on me. I didn't bring the right lenses today really like okay um (laughs) that should be a no-brainer and then they ran out of space on their memory card so make sure you're ready buy extra memory cards bring specific lenses um if you're just starting off i mean the 50 millimeter the 1.8 the 51.8 prime is a super inexpensive lens and it's a great portrait lens. Now it's a prime, so you're gonna have to physically move around because it doesn't zoom. But if you're an entry level photographer, I don't know what it goes for now. I got mine for like a hundred, hundred and twenty five bucks. It's super cheap. I think I got ago. mine for two hundred, I wanna say. One seventy five, two hundred. 
That sounds, and I think I yeah. bought mine used at the time. <laughs> yep. Yeah. And, mine was brand new, 175, 200, somewhere around there. It's right. a great lens. I, love, I absolutely tra- love it. I bring it everywhere with me. Transforms your photography, doesn't it? It's, it's, it does. If you've only, if you're listening and you've only shot with a kit lens, try a prime. Again, the 50 oh to goodness. 180 It'll, is just... It, it makes your pictures just, I mean... Amazing. You go from zero to 100 just right. like that. Right. Absolutely. It's so worth it. Absolutely. And, you know, there are other lenses you should bring. I mean, if you have a little more in your budget. I've got an 18 to 35 1.8. It's a Sigma. And obviously you're getting wider shots, but it is wonderful. Um, the 70 to 200, that's a great one as well. Um, the 24 to 70, these are lenses that are high quality. They let you zoom in and out. You'll find over the course of the day that you will need different lens, um, very spur of a, a different lens at the drop of a hat. So something will happen. Another reason to have an assistant. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> or a second camera body. Even better, a second right. camera body and an assistant the so, best <laughs> you know if you've got two cameras have them slung over your shoulder and each one has a different lens so you can just get grab the camera you need because things happen very quickly that's what um, we at, at just about every shoot i have my 24 to 70 on my camera and a 50 millimeter on my sister's camera and it. no matter what we are ready and we're covered Absolutely. and those are our two those are our go-to's yes yes and just to give the listeners a bit of backstory, Amanda and I, we recently shot a fantastic women's event um, raising money for charity here in Port Huron. And we were kind of not literally tossing back and forth between us, but using the Tamron, I think it was a 35 to 135. I have to double check that. Um, I believe so. 2.8. Yeah. And that thing, I used it for a while, and then I handed it to Amanda. She used it, and it's a versatile lens. It's amazing. Um, it works well, very well, inside, outside. It's just, yep, it's a 35 to 150, 2.8. Wonderful, yep. wonderful. And yeah, I feel like was, I could have done, I could have used just that one lens at a wedding if if I were still shooting weddings. And if that, that, were the that only definitely lens was that definitely was one that you can do for just about any event and get just about any shot. Yeah. And it, that was, yeah. I still recommend sure. bringing more than one lens, but <laughs> you know, right. If you had no choice, um, it's just the versatility of that lens is wonderful. So, yep. All right. Looking through my notes and I hope I'm not overloading you. It is no, not at quite all. a bit, quite a bit. Okay. Excellent. Um, so let's talk about during the wedding. Okay. So we've talked about equipment, lighting, you show up at the wedding, you're all prepared. Um, This is kind of a soft skill. And Amanda, you're going to be amazing at this. So it's not even anything I'm concerned about with you. But I have seen other photographers who do not have the skill down. Be personable. Be a personable human being. Smile. Laugh with people. Yes, it's a soft skill, but it can make or break your day. I have seen grumpy photographers show up to a wedding and piss people off and then people look pissed off in the photos. Um, I've heard of arguments happening. It's, I don't care how good of a photo you take. If you show up and you're grumpy and you're mean and you piss people off, you can potentially ruin people's day and your photos can potentially, for lack of a better word, suck. So it's huge. 
Oh, another thing just popped into my head. If you're able to, I've done this where I'll go to the rehearsal dinner before. So the day before the wedding, when they do the rehearsal and they do the dinner afterwards, um, food is not the point, but showing up to the rehearsal, a lot of the family will be there. And I've shown up just to see how things are going to go as they run through the rehearsal. So I know the order of everything, but it gives you a great opportunity to meet the family and laugh and joke with them so that the day of the wedding, you're not that stranger with this ginormous camera that you're pointing in their face and they are that much more comfortable with you. And if you give food, that's a plus too. That is that is always a plus. That's kind of a big motivator for me. I'm going to be honest. <laughs> and if I get a food. free meal, I mean, I'm not going to complain. Right, right. But I mean, I've seen photographers on the wedding day where, where they're just kind of awkward. And the thing is, you have to be the professional. And whatever energy or vibe that you have, you know, it's okay to be nervous, obviously. That's normal. Um... But if you're standoffish and if you let that nervousness make you stiff, people kind of reflect that energy back to you without even realizing it. So well, that's how, I mean, that's what photography is all about. You know, you're, you're not just selling your pictures, you're selling yourself and the experience and having the experience. And that's how you get more clientele. You know, that's how you get people to refer you is not only did this person take a beautiful picture, but we had a blast. And we had a lot of fun and they're a fun person and we enjoyed our shoot and we enjoyed the wedding. And that's how you get the bridesmaid who's going to get married next year to be like, oh, well, can you shoot my wedding too? Definitely. And Amanda, you just brought up an amazing point because if you are, if you're personable, if you're fun, then what you're going to find, and this happens to me all the time, not with weddings these days, um, because I don't shoot them anymore, but just different events you'll find that people will want to approach you and ask like, oh, I, I'm getting married or my sister's getting married in a couple years. Can you shoot her wedding or do you have a card? Oftentimes people will ask this before they even see your photos. Like this can happen at the wedding right. or even the women's event that we shot together. I had people coming up to me saying, hey, can I get a card? I have an event coming up next month and we need a photographer. Um, and I'm like, sure. And I'm thinking in my head, you haven't seen the photos that I've seen <laughs> that I'm right. going to take. Like you haven't seen the end result. I could be taking crap photos, but if they see that you're having a good time and you're professional, but personable and fun, chances are they will ask you for a card. I mean, you get business the day of. So for the wedding, you could get people potentially asking for your business card as right. you're in the process of shooting that wedding. Be prepared. Bring business cards. Another thing to bring. <laughs> right? Make sure you pack all this beforehand. Who was it we had on the show? She would pack everything like two days before in a special corner of her living room and have it ready to go so that the day of, she just grabs everything and goes. You don't want to forget anything. That's smart. I, I have to do that before just about any shoot. I have to pack everything the night before because otherwise you forget there's always something there's always a little something that you're like oh i was supposed to bring tell me about and it. yep yep tell me about it full transparency I i've forgotten stuff and i've had to play it off and macgyver some yep. things <laughs> yep, <laughs> yep. <laughs> client didn't know yep. i just you know played it off we like all have normal. and we're not going to talk about it and we're not going to say who oh, does what where <laughs> i won't mention duct tape i have used duct tape before it's like oh 
Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We've all done it. We've all done it. Oh <laughs> yep. dear. Oh, okay. So yep. okay, during the wedding. So that and that's really the main thing I have for during the wedding. I've mentioned this before. Um, do bring enough cards. You do not want to run out of space. Um, right. Bring extra cards. Bring backup cards. Cards do fail. They do. It happens. Um, bring extra lenses. Because backup lenses and backup... Backup everything, really. If you can... I mean, I'll, it depends on what you can afford. But I like to bring back backup lenses, backup lighting. Um, I've had lenses malfunction on me mid-shoot. And if you have a backup lens, it's like, okay, just switch to the other lens and I'll freak out later at home about why my $1,000 or $2,000 lens is not working. But while you're at the shoot, you do what you have to do, switch lenses. Um, we had a photographer on the show who was shooting a um, a wedding in Hawaii. And wow. they were on the beach. And one thing he did not take into account was the the sand flying everywhere on the beach and it worked its way into his camera and I think it was into the image sensor of his camera body and it was the final shots of the day thank god like literally the last 10 shots the camera decided to stop working like it was the last thing they had scheduled for the day taking photos of the couple on the beach so he said he like had to fake the last five shots as if the camera was working or the last five or 10 shots. And they're like, oh, that's a wrap. But he was so thankful wow. that his camera decided to go kaput at the very end of that day. Imagine right? if it had been the beginning. He had no backup, by the way. So after that, he oh, learned his lesson. Right. Right. So, I mean, right. that's the stuff you see on Judge Judy. <laughs> right. <laughs> yep. That's your goal, yep. to not end up on Judge Judy. Oh, right. <laughs> I get so worked up every time there's some kind of photographer case on that show. It's just, oh my gosh. So after the wedding, you're going to have a ton of photos to edit. Now, if you're shooting your first wedding, chances are you're probably going to overshoot, which people feel differently about this. My opinion is it's better to overshoot as opposed to undershoot, as long as you have enough equipment with you in the card space. So you're going to have a lot of photos. And if this is your first wedding, it'll be more than you're used to editing. So have a workflow in mind. You do not want to be buried in editing 2,000 photos um, and not having an efficient way to do this. There's a zillion types of software out there. But Lightroom is tried and true. It is amazing. Um, Amanda, do you know how to use Lightroom? Yes. Yeah, I actually do 90% of my editing um, on Lightroom Mobile on my iPad with the Apple Pencil. And it is my favorite way in the entire world to edit because it's just so easy. So easy. It is. It speeds everything up. I have Lightroom Classic that I use on on my MacBook. And... You know, another full transparency moment, just laying out all my secrets. When I first started shooting weddings, I didn't use Lightroom. I used Photoshop. And I edited each photo one at a time. And it was horrible. It was horrible. And so, I mean, the photos were great, but it took me forever. But with Lightroom, you can edit them a bunch at a time. There are a ton of tutorials out there, so I'm not going to go into how to use Lightroom. You can find that on YouTube for free for any of our listeners who don't know how. But it's amazing. It'll transform your photography. 
the subscription plan that Adobe has, what's it like 10 bucks a month for Photoshop and Lightroom together, I think? 20. Uh, is it 20? 19.99, but you get two terabytes of storage space. Nice. nice. You get one terabyte per each, but then they combine it into the, so you get like, you have to do the Lightroom Photoshop, but you get more than just Lightroom and Photoshop. There's other apps that are also, or, you know, other ones that they have. Um, I haven't really dove completely into them, but they yeah. include the whole creative cloud. And that's the one I have. System. So I pay more than 20, which is why I wasn't sure what just Lightroom and Photoshop were, but they have something specifically for photographers. Yeah. Like 20 bucks a month. Yeah. I have you know. whatever one I have is 20 bucks a month. And I think I get five or six of the creative cloud apps with it, but I love it because I get two terabytes of cloud storage and I mean, you can't beat that. Perfect. There you go. Totally, totally worth it. Um, and it's the best because your pictures just go from one to the other. You know, when you need to switch from Lightroom to Photoshop, you do it without even thinking oh, and you can sure. go right back and it's amazing and for everything sure. just uploads and you're good to go. And I'm looking at, I couldn't resist heading over to Creative Cloud. So they do have a couple $10 a month plans. Um, but I'm seeing a photography plan, a Lightroom plan. Um, they've got all kinds of, oh, and it's Black Friday coming up at the time of this recording. So I don't know if these prices are normal. But anyway, all that to say Lightroom is very affordable. And if you're planning on shooting weddings in the future, or even if you're just, even if you're not a wedding photographer, just in general, Lightroom is a good way to go. For sure. Speaking of um, mm -hmm. going back to where we were talking about cards and lenses and things like that, speaking yes. of storage space, what is that? What is it that you normally suggest for, let's say, like cards, right? Would you suggest bringing, um, you know, 128s, a bunch of 128s? Or what is it? You know, what do you normally do? Or what did you normally do yeah. when you shot um, I would recommend. I say better to go to, to have too much space than too little. So bringing a bunch of 64s and 128s, I think is a safe way to go. Um, right. I think I was even shooting at one point with 32s. I had a bunch of 32s and that worked out for me. So that's what I, that's what I currently smaller, do right now. I have about five or six 32s that I just... Fill up one, swap to the next. Fill up one, swap but to you the know, next. Right. Um, and I'm remembering it's for getting, me. It's getting tedious. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. Now, I'm thinking years ago, and you know everything increases as far as storage space that's available. So for today, if I were shooting weddings again, I would I would easily be getting some 64s and 128s. Yep. So, yep. yeah, yeah. And like I said, make sure and have backups as well. Um, because their card failure does happen or sometimes I'll get an error on my camera. Hate the, hate it when it, that used to happen. It wasn't often, but it was always annoying when it did where for some reason it couldn't read the card at that moment and it wouldn't let me take any, any photos. I had to switch out to another card. That happened to me at a uh, event I did two weeks ago. I'm uh, in the middle and all of a sudden I'm taking pictures just fine. Right. No problem. And all of a sudden cannot meet, read memory card. I'm like, uh, why not? Yeah. What, what do you mean? Right. <laughs> what do you mean? Like, why not? Like you you're were supposed to be a memory card. Minutes ago. Right. And I would get those. Those images would eventually show up later when I got home. Thank God. Yep. But, you yep. know, at the time, you can't just stop shooting because your camera's not reading your memory card. So yep. that's when you switch yep. to a different card. 
Right. And the last thing I really have is, so after the wedding, I recommend meeting the couple face to face to show them their images. Um, a lot of photographers, I never did this, but they will, if they have a studio, um, or even if they're meeting in the couple's home again, they'll play music. Like they'll put it to a slideshow, which is super easy to do. You're trying to convey the emotion of that day and you want to make the first viewing of their images as impactful as possible. So while it's easy to send them a link to an online gallery and go, Hey, check out these photos in your gallery. If you're sitting there with them and you're having a cup of coffee and you play this amazing slideshow with amazing music, you can potentially knock their socks off. Like you can really wow them. Also keep in mind that this will be the first time they're seeing a lot of these images. Now granted, people are going to be at the wedding with their phones and iPads taking photos and posting them on social media. Okay, but this will be the first time they're seeing your professional images and it will give them a deeper glimpse into their day that they may have missed in the hecticness of, of the wedding day. If you are willing to meet with the couple face to face to show them their images, I think that's a really good idea. You do want to be seen as the trusted advisor. That's something my friend Lucy Dumas, she's been on the show. She's a coach to photographers. She says you want to be their trusted advisor. And part of that is is showcasing their images in a very impactful way. Um, especially because after that, you're going to be helping them make a decision about which images they want to purchase. So it's best to do that while the emotional connection is strong, which is another reason why you don't want to take six months, by the way, to edit those photos. And two weeks is the perfect time because they'll be just getting back from the honeymoon and they'll be all antsy to have those pictures and be able to view them. Exactly. And I've heard some, you know, in in the time frame, some photographers do a month. Um, It depends on the on the photographer. I used to do two weeks, though. That was just I bust my butt to get them done. Right. And then you can talk about albums and wall hangings. I strongly encourage you to encourage the couple to get something physical like an album um, or multiple wall hangings. Digital files, I know they're easy to send. A lot of people will say they want, just give us the digital files. And they have the best intentions at heart. But what often happens is that if you send them a bunch of digital files, you're making more work for them. Because then they have to go through those files and decide which ones they want to print. They have the best intentions to get those printed themselves. But in the, the, what I see nine times, nine and a half times out of 10 is they never get those photos printed, which is a shame. Or they'll send it to the local, I don't know, grocery store with print services and try to get them printed there. And then they come back with a weird green cast and the photos don't look right. And do you really want them hanging subpar photos on their walls that you took? And every time someone comes to their house and sees this weird looking photo, they're like, oh, like, who took that? I don't want that photographer at my wedding. So it's a service that you're doing for them to to help them decide which photos they want printed and then printing those photos for them. There are a ton of printing services out there. So that should not be an issue. I think I mentioned, no, that was another conversation we had. So as far as what services to use, um, when I was shooting photos, now I had an account with Zenfolio.com. So they do websites for photographers, but they also do a ton more like printing and marketing. 
and they have relationships with, I, I can't remember who it is now, but, um, some of the biggest printers out there, there are a ton. I mean, there's MPEX Pro, um, is one that I've used personally, but there are just a lot out there. Right. Right. One thing I was going to um, ask you is you had mentioned a slideshow. Is there anything specific, any service specifically that you would suggest using to create that slideshow? I mean, I know there's about a million out there, but is there one that you just love, you know, to, to do that? Yeah. Um. Oh, shoot. What's their name? Give me just a second. And they they focus specifically on slideshows you probably hear me trying to google who this is um oh there's so there's animoto that's one i hear all the time that's not the one i'm trying to think of but they are known for slideshows um and they service the photography industry very well from what i've heard um shoot proof is another one shootproof.com what is the one wow it's gonna come to me after we finish talking there's oh, one cool. where I've seen their stuff specifically and they're really good. But I know, at least from what I've heard people say, Animoto is just as good. None of these people are sponsors, by the way. Um, <laughs> so they're not right. paying me to say any of this. Um, so I mentioned Animoto. I mentioned Shoot Proof. If you just Google photography slideshows or photography slideshow maker, a ton will come up. And right, there's about a million out there. Adobe um, Spark is another one. I don't know if you have, um, if that in, if that's included in your subscription on the Creative Cloud, but I've used Adobe Spark, um, for different things, and that was pretty good as well. Awesome, good to know. And it's gonna bug me that I can't remember the one that I'm right <laughs> on the tip of my tongue. Wow, I believe Photodex is the one I'm trying to remember. Photo decks, photo and video slideshows with Pro Show. That's the one. All right. So if you go to photodex.com, they have a, a product called Pro Show, which is it helps you create fast, easy um, slideshows and videos. Okay, that's awesome. That is a good. Again, they're good not point. paying me to say this. Right. Wish they were, but. <laughs> maybe just maybe you know right. we send him a quick email hey yeah. uh <laughs> we mentioned you in this podcast we mentioned so... you can we uh get a little a little bit and nice. you know some of the website builders out there i mean for all i know zenfolio may have a feature now where you can build a slideshow and put music to it actually i'm pretty sure they had some music options um when i was heavily into using them but again that was years ago um, so if you're, if our listeners, if you're already using some, a service like Zenfolio for your photography website or photo shelter is another one, um, they're awesome as well. They may have features in there where you can create a gallery and then turn it into a slideshow and put music over it, which is super easy. I know that I, I personally use Smug Mug for, uh, Smug Mug is another one. Yes. They're great. And I, I do wonder if they have, I haven't looked into it, but I know I've created some slideshows, just basic slideshows with them, but I don't know. I have never put music over it. So I'm wondering it's something I'll have to look into and I'm see. I'm looking it up right now just because I'm curious. And right. I, I'm like 99% sure they offer a music option. If they offer a slideshow option, choose some music. Yeah. See, I'm seeing music being mentioned. 
So log into your account and and check that out. There's got to be a way. I will have to take a Add look. Add music to Smug Mug Slideshow. Yeah, it seems like there's it's should be a functionality that's there. It's a thing. Awesome. It's a thing. Awesome. And I'm sure we could do a, probably a whole other podcast on uh, oh my on websites and uh, <laughs> which know, to use. And, right? Any one right? of these steps are just, you could really dig into any one of these. And that's why I said, what, that's why I say, just to wrap things up, you know, weddings, they take a lot of work and a lot of planning. And a lot of times it also takes a lot of educating your client because they're not seeing seeing it from the perspective of being a professional photographer. A lot of them may have the best intentions in mind when they say, oh, just show up and take a bunch of photos. Right. But you're doing them a disservice if you do just show up without any preparation and take a lot of photos because you may take the wrong photos or not enough or with the wrong lens. And then after the fact, they're very unhappy that you didn't do a good job. I mean, even if it's a friend and then that friend, it's a strained relationship with the friend. I mean, that's why you have to educate them on what goes into. Well, and another to, to, to feed off of your point, another great thing is that it also shows your worth. You know, a lot of people don't understand why they have to, why, you know, I hear it all the time. I have a million friends who are in the process of getting married right now. And they're mm -hmm. all like, why are they all come to me? why are wedding photographers so expensive? And I'm like, <laughs> oh, if I could explain to you why. I'm right? like, I'm, you know, and I've had a friend who was like, they want $1,500. I'm like, that's it? Yeah, that's kind <laughs> of reasonable like, to me. I I'm mean... like, that's not bad. They take pretty good pictures for that. I'm like, I would book them. And they're like, what? I'm like, uh, that's cheap. That's pretty cheap. That's reasonable. That's a good price. And you know, people don't understand. Well, I don't understand why, you know, all they do is show up and take pictures oh, for a day. Goodness. And it's like, oh, no, they do not. And a part so of that maybe when you sit down with them to to have your consultation or whatever you want to call it, break down the steps, let them know right. what it takes. I mean, even just to do I focus on headshot photography here and business portraits to do a headshot to set up a headshot portrait session where step number one, they contact me and they're interested in getting a headshot all the way through the photo session to editing the photos to delivering the photos. It's like 25 steps. That's just a headshot, right. you know? Right. So for a wedding, it's a lot more. And there's nothing right. wrong with making it fun, but letting the couple know, like, we're just going to talk, you know, for five minutes about all the steps involved and why I charge what I charge. There's nothing wrong with that. Right. Right, because then they also, you know, appreciate what you're doing and they understand, you know, how many hours it really goes, you know, goes into their, and that's the same, you know, when I do family and kids and stuff like that, it's, you know, they, a lot of people don't understand, you know, they're, they think they're paying me for one hour of my time to do their pictures. But in reality, I go home and between, you know, 9 p.m. to 12 a.m. I'm sitting there, you know, editing mm -hmm. their pictures. And and it's like I am actually spending a few hours afterwards, you know, just and falling in love with your family and your pictures. And I've had shoots that I've came home and uploaded them and sat there and cried as I'm editing their pictures <laughs> because I'm like, look at the love between them. It's so sweet. And, 
and it's like you know you truly invest yourself and you invest days into into them and with a wedding that's you know tenfold absolutely well said why have I not had you on the show before um that's right (laughs) you said it perfectly (laughs) we may have to have you back I'd be happy Uh, to come back it's a pleasure awesome well it's a pleasure having you and before we wrap up is there are there any final questions you have or anything I left out I'm sure I left something out if I do well I'm sure there is I'm sure there is but I cannot think of anything right now I think you really touched base on a lot of it and I, I appreciate it so much I love you know the knowing there was a lot of stuff that you had mentioned that I wouldn't have even thought of and mm. and it's it's a great a great resource and I would say that it's definitely something you know not just for me but for every photographer who's looking into you know shooting their first wedding is to do the research because there's so much more that goes into it and you always want to remember that this is your clients one of the most important days of their entire lives and it's all it's all going to be you know they're going to lean towards you because you are the one who is going to give them that they're the ones you know you're the ones who are going to give them that feeling again and again over Mm -hmm. and over you know 10 20 years down the road they're going to look back at your pictures and be like oh remember that moment remember that and as you know it's, it's important to make sure that you get it right and you do it right. Absolutely. So I appreciate this. Absolutely. And, and this is what sets us apart as professional photographers. You know, I know everyone has a fancy phone these days or a fancy, I don't know, iPhone or whatever. And as slick as technology is getting, more and more what differentiates us as professional photographers is our professionalism. Right. And that's something that technology can never replace. And we could have a whole other podcast talking about <laughs> having your phones out at weddings. <laughs> that's a whole other topic. That's a whole you other know, topic. I worked Don't around do it. it. <laughs> I haven't done it for years. So I know it's like 10 times worse now probably than even just the last wedding I did wasn't even 10 years ago. It was, I don't know, goodness, a handful of years ago, but things change so quickly. I feel like that's its own topic that could be handled because yeah, it can be, people can be belligerent. Don't get me started. on Right. Oh. Right. Put your phones away and you know, just enjoy the right. moment. Be there. Just enjoy it. Be there. Don't worry. Yeah. We've got you on the pictures. <laughs> we got you. Uh, well, thank you right. again. Amanda, you are awesome. This was fun. Thank you. I appreciate it. Thank you so much, Sam, for having me. And that uh, means the world. If you're enjoying this podcast, I ask that you please leave a review on iTunes or Stitcher or wherever you're listening. The more reviews we get, the easier it is for people to find this podcast and search rankings. We want to reach as many people as possible and help improve our photo industry. I appreciate you all. Thanks for listening.